Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you in part by Odds Crowd, and Odds Crowd has a ton of free fantasy betting contests, including a $2,000 season-long MLB contest and a $500 weekly contest. Just download their app today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is your home to free daily video picks from the SGPN. It's like YouTube for sports gambling. And make sure that you subscribe to our profile at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. We're also brought to you in part by Roman. Roman is the straightforward way to take care of your ED. Get Roman.com slash SGP. Get you $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash SGP. And we're also brought to you in part by Underdog Fantasy. From April 29th to May 4th, if you deposit on Underdog Fantasy, you'll have a chance to win a million dollars in their best ball contest. That's right, a million bucks. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Indeed. Welcome in, everybody. It's our final show of April. We're almost done with the fourth month of 2021. Can that really be possible? But we're back in here on the only show that loves to pride itself, devote itself to those little guys, the supposed less thought of, the road team usually, the underdog. And we're going to be all about it with some underdogs forthwith post-haste. Coming up in a few moments with our senior handicapper from Vegas Insider and MajorWager.com, Brian Edwards. He'll be talking some NBA doggies straight ahead to kick us off here on the show. Uh, Also on the program, lots of NFL draft to discuss. To that end, my colleague, the former New York Giant Tiki Barber here in the middle segment, the YouTube roundtable, talking uh, the top of this draft where the Jaguars and the Jets and the 49ers and the Falcons, as we're talking heading into Thursday night, those are the four teams that have the first four picks. Of course, in the case of the 49ers, they've traded to get into the top four. If somebody else trades with Atlanta or somebody else trades in the top four, you may know that answer. We don't know that answer as we're taping right before Three Dog Thursday, but Tiki's going to talk about the top four. The Giants are currently picking 11th. I'll get his thoughts on that. Get some thoughts on some guys that we saw this year, he and I on national radio doing some games. It's NFL draft galore uh, with Tiki, and then I'll even bring Brian back for some more thoughts on the draft as we've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks with some proposition bets, uh, etc. So Brian is here in just a second. Reminder, again, if you found this show only through a social media link or through our friends at the Sports Gambling Podcast and their website, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. 
Uh, find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and it comes automatically to you on Thursday mornings. You'll have a notification, a ding, to jump on board on Three Dog Thursday. We are rocking all the way through here, the NFL draft and into the NBA, and as the NBA playoffs come around, we're hanging in there on Three Dog Thursday. So thank you for finding us. Subscribe to the show. My thanks also to my guys, Sean Green, Ryan Kramer with the Sports Gambling Podcast. They have been intensive on the NFL draft, mock drafts, uh, the different props with the draft. So check them out at Sports Gambling Podcast, the the, uh, the podcast and the website, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. All right, so with all the promotional stuff done, let's get to it. Let's roll the sleeves up and talk about a couple of things, including the NBA. Brian Edwards back with me, senior handicapper uh, from Vegas Insider and MajorWager.com. Good to be with you. And I, I know you're still pumped. Midweek, Brian's like, you got to ask me about UFC in Jacksonville. you got to ask me about UFC in Jacksonville. So let's begin with that. It was quite the spectacle. Even the mainstream sports fan has probably seen a highlight or two. You were there. What was it like to be part of that crowd, that atmosphere as everything starts to come back around and have some normalcy? What was it like to be at the UFC pay-per-view the other night as you were? Welcome in, sir. Thanks for having me, TJ. Uh, You know, I think it was, and I've been going to football, basketball games all over the country for decades. I think it was one of the, I think it makes the top 10, not that I have some handy list, but I think it makes the top 10 of sporting events I've ever been to. The crowd was so electric. The fights were so awesome. I mean, all five of the uh, main card fights were finishes. Only two made it to the second round. Well, one ended like a minute, two seconds into the second round. I mean, Kamaru Usman, the undefeated, well, he's undefeated in the UFC. He had one loss early in his career. The champion, uh, Mavzadal, had not been knocked, only been knocked out once in 49 fights, had only been finished three times in 49 fights, had never been knocked out cold, and the only KO loss he had was back in 05, and Usman knocked him out cold in the main event, and he was playing Masvidal's game. He didn't ever try to wrestle. He, he played Masvidal's game with a stand-up and beat him that way. The co-main event, Rose Damiunas, Thug Rose, gets her title back with a stunning head kick knockout as a plus-170 underdog. Uh, had Anthony Smith as a nice underdog. Uh, he also got a win, and then there was the just brutally – Brutal twist of irony that Chris Weidman, who checked Anderson Silva's leg kick more than seven years ago, uh, that that broke Anderson Silva's leg, and there's only been this was the third one, and he's been involved with two of them, and unfortunately for him, he's on the other side of it this time, a broken tibia and fibula. Uh, if you look, if you, if you haven't looked at the pictures on the internet, don't. They will make your stomach curl. It was an amazing night, and I had a blast. Yeah, that was gruesome. I did see that, uh, and I cannot unsee it now, but I encourage uh, everybody stay away from it if you haven't seen it. But that that was an indelible image with Usman scoring the knockout and then sitting up on the cage with thousands and thousands there. And we're, we're starting to see fans at sporting events. Uh, you know, Texas has opened up, and the Texas Rangers had a full house on their opening day. Uh, we know the NFL draft will be taking place Thursday night in Cleveland, and there are going to be fans socially distanced by the thousands, though. They're going to be in and around downtown Cleveland as that resumes. So some normalcy is returning, Brian, real quick. And what was that like in terms of the, the loud crowd and the atmosphere? It was amazing. It was great. I mean, the, the one sport that I have kind of 
enjoy not that we had a choice, but I've kind of enjoyed uh, the no fans at UFC fights. You can really hear the punches and the kicks and all that, but just to have the fans back and it was electric, um, it was awesome, man. And you know, you, you know, like Dana said in the press conference, you want to wear a mask, wear one. If you don't want to, you don't have to. And I would say probably ninety percent of people were not wearing masks, and uh, wasn't, wasn't anybody worried about it. And what's interesting is the boxing, the top-ranked boxing ESPN card was going on simultaneously about an hour and a half south of Jacksonville in the state of Florida where Brian and I both are. Uh, and that was in Kissimmee, Florida, in the, uh, in the arena that had probably about 4,000 people socially distanced, but they had quite uh, the atmosphere there, too, with the loud crowd and the championship fights that were on uh, top-ranked boxing. By the way, Edgar Berlanga, the junior middleweight, or actually the super middleweight, 168-pounder that we talked about last week, he did not, Brian, get the first round a knock, knockout, did not get a knockout at all. It ended up being an eight-round fight, although he knocked down the opponent, the veteran Damon Nicholson, three times, knocked him down late in the eighth round but couldn't finish him. Still, Berlanga, an up-and-comer, but the, the streak snapped at 16 consecutive first-round knockouts to begin a career. Uh, still, he's an impressive up-and-coming fighter. And then uh, the main event saw Emmanuel Navarrete of Mexico, the featherweight champ, the WBO featherweight champ, won his 29th fight in a row and defended his title with a 12th-round stoppage. So it was a good crowd and good atmosphere uh, for that. And, Brian, I will just relay that not this weekend, but next weekend for the fights is Canelo Alvarez returning to the ring third time in five months. And Canelo is fighting at the Dallas Cowboys' home, AT&T Stadium, and they're going to have at least 60,000, if not 70,000 fans at AT&T Stadium. It's going to be some spectacle and arguably the largest uh, event post-pandemic here with crowd and fans for Canelo Alvarez's latest world title fight with England's Billy Joe Saunders. So my point is we're just we're getting back to some normalcy here, Brian, with some of this with sports and headed to the fall with football and all of that. Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, Alabama's spring game. I think they, I think they sold like till they got this like fifty or sixty thousand, and then they stopped. Um, and uh, I think you know, come September, at least in certain states, uh, many of them in the South, I think that will be very close to full capacity, if not full capacity, especially the out- outdoor events. Yeah, we're looking forward to that with uh, with baseball going on outdoors, most of it outdoors. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll watch all of that unfold. All right, so lots on the atmosphere. Again, plenty on the NFL draft coming up in a little bit. Tiki Barber with me. Brian will have thoughts on the draft. I know you want to hit on the NBA before we hear from Tiki Barber here in a few moments, and he joins us on the audio podcast here. Um, the NBA is obviously uh, winding down, and it's exciting in both conferences. We've been documenting that. Understood again for the audience that we don't have the Wednesday night results, so we're kind of projecting for Thursday and Friday what might be some plays, some underdogs. I know in particular you've been touting the New York Knicks. They finally took a loss uh, since last we talked, but they've been very good against the spread. They are playing on Wednesday night against the Chicago Bulls. At the time we're taping, we don't know that result. And then the Knicks actually get some time off before they go on a West Coast trip, starting with the Houston Rockets on Sunday and then play a barrage of Western teams after that. But you're uh, you're definitely monitoring the Knicks, not just for Wednesday night, but the weekend game with Houston. They uh, the, the West Coast swing, they are coming on, and right now in, in good standing in the Eastern Conference playoffs, right? 
Yeah, so on Monday night, they had a nine-game winning streak. They're playing Phoenix, the Phoenix Suns, with the second-best record in the NBA behind Utah. And they led for nearly the entire first three quarters. But the Suns rally uh, and win 118-110. to 110. Uh, I want to say they were like a three – the Suns were like a three or four-point favorite. And um, they won by eight. So the Knicks, not only did their nine-game straight-up winning streak – in, but their 12-0 ATS run uh, ended, but they're also on a 10-3 run uh, to the over, and again, I, I'm on the Knicks minus four and the over in the 208-209 range on Wednesday night. Obviously, we don't know that uh, result, but and the Knicks go into that game uh, tied with the Hawks for fourth in the East, uh, but the Knicks hold the tiebreaker on the Hawks, and the Hawks, who have just dealt with injuries galore all year, had a couple of more uh, Monday night at Detroit. Yeah, they've got all kinds of a mash unit going on, right? And they're going to play the Sixers Wednesday night. We don't know that result in Philadelphia. And they stay in Philadelphia in the COVID scheduling quirks, the compressed schedule. They're going to stay in Philadelphia and play them again on Friday. And again, the significance here is Atlanta is trying to get home court advantage dueling with New York right now. And Philadelphia, one of the better teams in the East, and the Hawks have got to play them undermanned Wednesday night and Friday night. Right, Ryan? Yeah, Trey Young still out. DeAndre Hunter still out. Tony Snell still out. Kevin Herter, who's the only guy on the Hawks who hasn't missed a game all year, sprained his shoulder Monday night. The MRI results, as we're talking on Wednesday, have not come back. They just listed him as doubtful for Wednesday night. And Brandon Goodwin, who had played great since Trey Young, you know, they had beaten uh, Milwaukee at home and Miami, two crucial wins Friday and Sunday at home without Trey Young. And it was because of Brandon Goodwin, and he sprains his ankle, and he's questionable going into Wednesday night. But uh, the MRI and X-ray came back good. So hopefully if he doesn't play Wednesday, they'll hopefully he'll be ready uh, for Friday. And, and Philadelphia, who's dealt with injuries, you know, Ben Simmons had missed some games. They're, they're back to full strength uh, for the most part. Uh, I think Mike Scott's questionable Wednesday night, but that's it. What an incredible image from last week since last we talked to you where Philly was down three with a second left and there was a missed free throw, and you know where I'm going, Brian. And a lot of the audience may have seen this. If not, go find the clip. Joel Embiid grabbed the ball and turned and heaved in one motion with only one second on the clock and fired a Brian Edwards-esque 85-footer that banked off the backboard, rattled around the rim, and rattled out. It would have tied the game and forced overtime. Would have been one of the more memorable shots in recent memory at any level of basketball, but didn't go in. But Philadelphia has done a lot of stuff right, so we'll see what happens in that matchup with the Hawks. Back to the Suns for one second here with Brian Edwards talking uh, about these underdog plays. Again, the Suns play the Clippers Wednesday night late. We don't know that result. You may already know that result on Thursday, on Three Dog Thursday. Uh, The Suns will be playing the Utah Jazz at home on Friday night. The Jazz playing the Kings on Wednesday night. And again, the Jazz and the Suns, two of the better teams in the Western Conference, will be playing each other. I know you'll be analyzing that game. Suns likely favored at home. They need to keep it locked in on your social media and MajorWager.com because Suns-Jazz for Friday night should be fairly entertaining. Yeah, you know, TJ, it's interesting with the way LeBron is still out, and even with AD back, uh, the Lakers have still lost three of their last four. And so now with Donovan Mitchell out for Utah, you kind of got to start thinking, you know, are the Lakers going to end up being a seven seed 
and or are they I mean, you know, they're only, you know, a game or two in front of a, a couple of teams and we don't know if they're going to end up six, seven, maybe even eight. Uh, and and so is it better for Utah to maybe slide to the two and let Phoenix have one? And, or I mean not maybe they won't even be trying to do that with their play, but right. they're uh, Mike Conley is out Wednesday night, and it was listed as a hamstring rather than rest. So I don't know if he'll be able to go Friday. And Donovan Mitchell is still not ready to come back from that bad ankle sprain. So uh, it'll be interesting when we talk a week or two from now. Are Phoenix? Where are the Lakers at? And are Phoenix and Utah almost wanting to tank a little bit to avoid the Lakers in the first round? Well, and again, the significance would be, we went over this last week, that play-in situation for 7 against 8 and 9 against 10 in both the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference will commence in a couple of weeks. And the Lakers, to your point right now, are in the 5 spot, but they are only three, two and a half games up on the Portland Trailblazers who are in the 7 spot right now. So if the Lakers continue to lose, it is possible they could end up in the seven spot and having to play the play-in game and figure it out from there, not guaranteed a series. Uh, they would be guaranteed in a play-in game that then, uh, depending on if they're the seven or eight seed, they're still playing the seven or eight team one more time at least and maybe two more times. We'll see. The NBA fooled around with this during the pandemic playoffs of 2020, of having play-in games and that kind of thing, and they are going to do that in both conferences. And right now, 7 through 10 is Portland, Memphis, San Antonio, Golden State. And my God, uh, Brian Edwards, did Golden State look horrific on Tuesday night in the blowout loss at home with the Mavericks. I put this on social media. I even tagged you to put a smile on your face. We clicked by and we're watching for a couple of minutes in my household. And the Twins know some about pro basketball. They know about the Warriors and Steph Curry. And one twin taps me and says, does that say 44 to 16? Dallas was beating Golden State, Brian, 44 to 16 in the second quarter and blew them away. And the Warriors right now trying to hang on to the 10 spot. Uh, at the moment, only a couple of games up on the New Orleans Pelicans uh, for the 10 spot. They've been playing better as of late. So we'll see what happens in that. But a, a lot to take into account here, including games for the weekend. But Friday night, Jazz and Suns will be very interested. They, they need to keep it locked in on uh, uh, Vegas Insider and MajorWager.com, uh, et cetera, and your social media for what your plays might or might not be. And maybe you like the Jazz as an underdog, which they will likely be there in Phoenix, right? Yeah, uh, I, I don't know that I'll like them if Donovan Mitchell and Conley are out, but uh, we, we don't know that, all that yet. Don't know all the details there, but again, keep it locked in for all of the NBA stuff. All right, Brian, stand by. We've got plenty on the NFL draft straight ahead. Tiki Barber with me on the YouTube roundtable talking Giants, talking draft picks at the top, his own draft story, and much more. Then Brian is back to talk some more NFL draft. Uh, that is in the final segment of the show as we roll on here on the eve of the NFL's 2021 draft of three-day process. All of that to be covered as we continue along. But first, we're brought to you by our friends at WinBet, bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, sports, and games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today. You'll receive a special offer for up to $500 risk-free on a sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. And download the app today. Again, that's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com. 
And we're also brought to you in part by Roman. Look, nobody's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So you feel like you've come up short in the bedroom sometimes. It's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are also options. You can go to GetRoman.com SGP and find out more about ED. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation, ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional works with you, finds out the best treatment. If medication is appropriate, it'll ship out to you for free with two-day shipping. You get started by simply going to GetRoman.com SGP and get an online visit set up. Again, go to GetRoman.com SGP now. Get $15 off your first month. There's no straightforward way to take care of ED, but if you go to GetRoman.com SGP, you can get started now and save $15 off your first month of treatment with Roman. We're also brought to you in part by Better Than Vegas. It's like YouTube, but for what DGENs only care about, and that is sports betting. We're giving away free daily video picks on our Better Than Vegas profile page, and Better Than Vegas is always running a ton of free contests as well. They've got a bunch of free picks and handicappers to check out. Make sure you subscribe to our profile and don't miss a pick at sportsgamblingpodcast.com/btv. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. And we're also brought to you in part by Underdog Fantasy. If you haven't played on Underdog Fantasy, you have to check out their fantasy best ball tournaments, which are some of the best ones around. Even better, it's an NFL Draft Weekend special to sign up now, April the 29th through May the 4th, and you'll have a chance to win a million dollars. That's right, a million bucks. How perfect is the name for Three Dog Thursday than Underdog Fantasy? And when you go to underdogfantasy.com, you need to use our promo code SGPN, and you'll get $25 free that you can use to enter the Best Ball Mania 2 tournament. SGP will be running a private best ball draft for listeners as well, and it's a limited time offer. It is over on May the 4th. Go to underdogfantasy.com, use our promo code SGPN, and get a chance to win a million dollars. Again, it's underdogfantasy.com, our promo code SGPN. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves. Well, welcome in. It is getting close to the opening night of the NFL draft getting underway for 2021. And who better to help me as we come back in on the YouTube roundtable than the former second-round pick, 1997, of the New York Giants. I love me some Tiki Barber. He and his twin brother, Rondé Barber, they rule. Uh, Rondé will be the first one to admit he has the Super Bowl ring out of the two brothers. I still love Tiki just as much. I love working with him on Compass Media Networks' coverage of college football, etc. It's draft time. I got to get some insights, some stories from Tiki Barber. Great to have you on the Three Dog Thursday podcast and here on the YouTube Roundtable. What's up? I love it, TJ. Good to see you again, my friend. Now you're my brother now, man. We we done we did what nine, no, eight games together last year yeah. on Compass. Yep. 
we're, we're, we're family now, bro. We, we, we have to think of this as we're now pseudo college football experts after what we saw in particular on the Alabama Crimson Tide. So more on them coming up and it's good to get familiar with them because every year, Nick Saban's got like 57 players that are going to get drafted in the first or second round. It seems like so more on them in a moment. Um, as we begin, and I love to put smiles on people's faces, you're already smiling, but I'm going to put a smile on your face uh, as we get ready to talk about this upcoming uh, draft night and what the whole experience is like. You lived this. There is Tiki Barber for our YouTube audience. Come find us on YouTube. Search Three Dog Thursday if you're only hearing us on the podcast. That, look at the eyes and the determination in that photo you were picked in the second round, I believe, what, 36th overall? Yeah. You'll correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, uh, the New overall. York Giants. When you think back to 1997, I'm not making you out to be old, what do you remember about that whole experience and getting the phone call, Tiki? Yeah, I was. That makes me old, TJ. <laughs> I just turned 46. It's 20, that's 24 years ago, man. Come on. Um, you know, it was a bittersweet day for me, TJ, because – uh, knowing that my twin, Rondé, who you just mentioned, and we grew up in the same room our entire youth, go to college together, we're roommates the first couple of years, we're housemates for the last couple, two years, and played football together all that whole time. But at this point, we know that the likelihood of us continuing this improbable journey together is was unlikely. And so we uh, we knew we were going separate ways. But at the same time, it was a culmination of all this hard work and dedication and fil fulfilling the dream or getting ready to live the dream of making it to the NFL. And so um, we decided that we didn't want to like stress about it. So we went out and found a golf course right there in Charlottesville, uh, Birdwood Country Club, which is the, which is the home course of, 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 of UVA golf. And we played around the golf. It really wasn't a lot of people out there, just me and him. And, um, you know, about the 16th hole, 15th or 16th hole, I get a call from Pat Hanlon. And the good thing about playing golf is that we weren't worried about it. Like the draft was going on when we started. And we're not like, oh, I wonder what's happening now. Oh, I wonder what's happening. Where am I going to go? Oh, I thought I was going to get picked by Atlanta. Oh, I thought I was going to get picked by Green Bay. Like we weren't, we weren't worried about it because it was out of sight, out of mind, which was, which was great for us. Uh, and then Pat Hanlon called me um, and I didn't really know who he was. I was like, Pat Hanlon. And he said, and this is exactly what he said. He's like, Hey, Tiki, this is Pat Hanlon. I, he might've said the giants. I don't, I don't remember catching it, but he goes, Hey, this is Tiki. Uh, this is Pat uh, Hanlon. I'm going to put you on uh, with our, with our head coach, Jim Fossil. We're about to draft you. And I'm like, all right, Pat Hanlon. I don't really know. Um, Jim Fossil, it was his first year. So I was like, who the hell is Jim Fossil? <laughs> so I didn't realize where I was getting dragged. It took me like, I don't know, a good two or three minutes. Like, oh, wait, Giants. Okay, I can, all right, we're good. Um, and then, you know, we, that, the next pick, I get drafted. And I didn't even see it, to be honest with you, because we were outside. Technology wasn't is what it, what is it wasn't then what it is now. And so, um, you know, we get back to the clubhouse and, I'm starting to get phone calls and it was, it was exciting, man. It was a, it was a dream come true. And then we had to wait like two hours or three hours until Rondé got drafted uh, at the beginning of the third round, exactly 30 picks after me. By that time we were a couple of beers in. Down I was going to say, did you go back and play more golf holes or at this point no, 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 you no, watching no, no, the draft no. in the clubhouse we or whatever? 
we went to the 19th hole. <laughs> we went we to go. a restaurant down on the corner in Charlottesville and had some 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 tall beers and waited for Rondé to get his call. And then Tony called him uh, exactly 30 picks later. Tony Dungy, the coach of the Buccaneers, and the rest is history as Rondé played his entire career for the Bucs. And Tiki played his entire career uh, for the Giants. What a story. And again, we keep relating this uh, to fans that now, uh, you know, in the present for the last 10 years or so, or so it's been a multi-night first round on one night, you know, second night as the second and third round. And then the Saturday conclusion, they used to do this all in one day on a Monday in a smoke filled ballroom in New York, they progressed and did it all in one day on a Saturday um, for a long time. And the year you were drafted, they may have split part of it on Saturday, part of it on Sunday. But the reason you're talking about playing golf, they were going all day Saturday with the first, second and third round Tiki. It would go for like 12 hours, literally for those three rounds on Saturday. It was epically long. I mean, let's put it this way. I was drafted and it was still light outside. When Rondé got drafted, it was already getting dark. You know, and this was just three rounds. I mean, it just took forever back in the day. And the fanfare wasn't the same, you know? There was no cameras following guys around. There was no, you know, get the guy on the phone and have a conversation and do a media tour. And we're going to fly you up in a week and a half. And it was none of that. It was just like, all right, we drafted you. We'll see you in four weeks when we have our rookie mini camp. All right, good luck. You know, have fun. <laughs> It's changed so much for a lot of these guys. Um, but the, the feeling, I believe, is still the same. It's from you remember your little league coaches to your high school coaches to your college coaches and all those people. Uh, there's coaches and, and teammates. Those shoulders you're standing on finally lift you to this this moment where you're going to become an NFL player. I mean, it's, it's awesome. It really is. And it's such a huge opportunity. Uh, that I hope a lot of these kids that are coming in now get to take advantage of. Yeah, love this man. Love Tiki Barber's insight. You hear him on CBS Sports Radio and simulcast on the CBS Sports Cable Network with Brandon Tierney. Tiki and Tierney, weekday afternoons at 3 Eastern time. Check for a radio station. Find them online through the CBS Sports Radio app and website. Find them on CBS Sports Network Cable. Love the insight. They talk everything, not just draft, but obviously we're big into the draft with uh, the, the rollout now of the Thursday night opening round, opening night for the draft, and then moving all the way through the weekend all right so that leads me to the next thing and that is the giants in the present you're a great one to ask yep. about this as new york gets set to pick as we're talking here depending on a trade and what might happen new york is slated to pick with the 11th pick there is joe judge the upcoming second year coach of uh, of the giants quarterback barrage likely coming at the top Giants sitting there at 11. Give me some thoughts on what the Giants might or might not be doing. For the Giant fans that are out there listening uh, and, and seeing us on YouTube, what do you think about the G-Men and might, what might they be thinking around 11 if they keep the pick, Tiki? So, TJ, when we were doing a couple of those Alabama games, I was sa- – and we'll get to this a little bit – I was salivating over Devontae Smith. I was just – it was just like <laughs> the Giants are – you know, wherever they pick um, – they, they got to get a wide receiver, right? We know how the wide receiver core has, um, it, it, it's, it just hasn't been as elite as it, as it once was. And so we knew that wide receiver was a target. And Devontae Smith, after the year, was clearly number one in my mind. Heisman Trophy winner, national champion, broke almost every record in Alabama season and career. Uh, just a dominant player. Uh, but then the offseason happened. The Giants 
got very, very aggressive, including signing uh, Kenny Galladay from the Detroit uh, Tiger of uh, Detroit Detroit Tigers. Like you got baseball. On one of those mind. one of those felines. I know I got the World Series hat on uh, on the YouTube audience, and it's throwing the Yankee fan in Tiki that I have this on. But it's one of the felines. It's the Lions, and Galladay got a boatload of money to come to the Giants. Well, the Giants do. And so they signed a bunch of players. Galladay, they signed uh, Dory Jackson, uh, Leonard Williams, they re-signed. And so they took care of a lot of the, the open needs and free agency, which makes, which makes me think that the Giants are positioning themselves to take the best available player at number 11. And to me, it's likely going to be an edge rusher. Um, you know, Leonard Williams is great interiorly, but there are a bunch of edge rushers in this draft. And we saw a couple of them play at the University of Miami. One we didn't see at the University of Miami because he opted out and Gregory Rousseau, who's a one hit wonder. And there's some question marks. You know, was that 15 and a half sack season two years ago? Was that an anomaly or was that, you know, was this unknown? Like, wh- who is he? But also Jalen Phillips. It was a transfer into Miami. We saw him play in Quincy yep. Roche on the other side. There's a bunch of them in this draft. There's edges who can be impactful players. So if if one of them are there, I think the Giants are going edge rusher who puts pressure on the quarterback. Or if Micah Parsons from Penn State, who um, I saw play a couple of years ago, we didn't actually have one of their games this year, but he opted out. Uh, so there's still some question marks about him. Um, but I, I think they're going defense. Uh, someone who's impactful on the defensive side of the ball, edge rusher or dominating uh, linebacker type. Hey, just another one along these same lines, whoever the Giants end up with, or bring it back to Galladay coming from Detroit to New York. You live this. They have to be ready, especially a college kid, for the uh, I, I don't even know what the right metaphors are i mean welcome to the jungle was the song uh right. from guns and roses you got to be ready for the media crush for oh, a man. fan base that hates you the first time you drop a pass or that right. you you get beat on a, a, a if you're a db on a long touchdown you got to be ready to be eaten alive by the new york media and the fan base that was a big adjustment for you and these guys no matter who they are have got to get ready for that for any new york team out of the big ones like the Giants, the Jets, the Yankees, the Mets, the Knicks, you better be ready coming you to that market. To, you have to. I mean, I remember my first day at the Giants and it was the media, like you talked about it, the crush that just like they open the doors to the locker room. And I mean, it's like 50 people come in. I'm like, what in the world? It's all, what are, who are all these people? And they're all like throwing questions at you and they're trying to get to know you. And it's, it's, it's overwhelming. It's somewhat intimidating. And like, I remember just like shrinking back into my locker. Like, like I don't, I don't want to talk about these people right now. Um, but you, it takes a, a little bit of time to get used to it. Um, and if you play the game right, they can be really good friends to you. Um, but you also have to perform because they'll call it like they see it. And as they see it, whether it's good or bad, is how the fans will perceive it. And the one thing about being in a city like New York is that the fans are knowledgeable. I mean, they, they, they love their sports. Um, they know the ins and outs of the sports. They're not going to just blindly support you because, hey, you know what? You're our guy. It's you're our guy if you're if you're showing it to us each and every week. And so that is an adjustment. Some of the other teams um, in, in the NFL, they have you know, four or five beat writers that come in. We have 30. You know, so it's 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 a different animal that you have to be prepared for, and you better have thick skin because it's never it's never going to be perfectly clean um, or perfect for you. You're going to have bad games. You're going to go through some turmoil, uh, but you better have some thick skin to let all of that just wash off of you 
and then find a way to be successful uh, despite it. Love the insight of Tiki Barber for a few more moments. If you're only hearing us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts on Three Dog Thursday, come find the YouTube roundtable because this is a video portion of the show as well. Love Tiki uh, for all his insight. Loved working with him, Compass Media Radio Networks uh, last year for college football. Uh, we're talking a lot about the NFL draft, and that is another good segue because you and I again saw Alabama three different times, the eventual national champions. We're showing the YouTube audience one, Mac Jones, the quarterback it is believed that mac jones uh, could be as high as a top five pick here in the upcoming uh, draft are the san francisco 49ers really looking at him we don't know but they traded up to number three the 49ers to get the third overall pick are they looking at him tiki give me an assessment we watched yeah. him in person the the draft process and the offseason has now gone on what do you think about mac jones and does it translate to the NFL? And will we hear his name called fairly early in this first round? What do you think on all that, please? I think he will get drafted early in the first round. Maybe not in the top three. Uh, I actually, BT and I have been talking about this, Brandon, on my show, about where he falls. I think he's probably like a low first round, maybe even an early second round talent, right? Just If you were just to say, forget what he did, forget the production, forget the record-setting season in Alabama, 4,500 yards and a, you know, whatever it was, a 0.5% interception percentage and the huge plays that he, that he made, forget all of that, but just look at talent, you'd say, oh, he's probably about a second-round pick, but you can't ignore production, right? You can't ignore the, po the poise that he had, and TJ, you and I saw him make some throws that were so telegraphed. I mean, whether it's uh, um, Devontae Smith or whoever, whoever it is, um, Jalen Waddle, whoever Mitchy the third coming across the field. He's, I mean, he's, he's, he's three windows, uh, you know, removed from where he's trying to throw the ball. He throws it in this window and the receiver runs right into it. I mean, his, his perception of what's happening on the field is elite. Right. And that's something that will translate into the NFL. People will knock him because his arm is straight. He doesn't have a huge arm, but Tom Brady didn't have a huge arm, you know, and, and, and um, some of these great quarterbacks. So Joe Montana didn't have a huge arm. Sure. They just understood the game. And I think his IQ his football IQ is what sets him apart from a lot of the other quarterbacks, maybe all of the other quarterbacks, save Trevor Lawrence in this, in this draft right now. So I do think he's going to get drafted in the first round. However, I believe that the 49ers who have Jimmy Garoppolo on their roster already and they can't really move him or they, they don't want to are going to tr draft a project. And that's probably Trey Lance, if you're asking, mm, asking me. Interesting. Um, and it's going to suck for Jimmy G because he's going to get drafted and be put in a mentor role knowing that he's going to be out the door the next year. But that's the business of the game. It just is what it is. Um, but you asked about Mac Jones. I really like Mac Jones. I think he can play and I think he can play immediately. How scary, Tiki, is that quarterback room from two or three years ago that had Jalen Hurts, who is yep. likely going to be the Eagles quarterback, even though they're yep. saying it's going to be an open competition. They got rid of Carson Wentz. Uh, Tua, Tua now down in Miami, and now Mac Jones uh, yep. that could all play in the NFL. Bama not known as a quarterback school, but it has been as of late. And a lot of credit, again, to Nick Saban, his staffs, plural, his offensive coordinators, adapting and adjusting to a more pro-style, up-tempo, spread, shotgun, four wide receivers. 
Alabama was lethal playing that way last year when they used to be, as you know, Tiki, but for the hardcore college football fan, they know, but for a lot of the fans, Alabama was lined up with a tight end or two tight ends with a fullback play action, one or two receivers for the longest time, but they've adjusted in the last few years and the results, my Lord. I mean, Mac Jones was breaking all kinds of sec records, all kinds of Alabama records. Let's see if it will translate uh, to the NFL. One more time for you. I know you and Brandon will be talking about the draft before and after, uh, depending on when they're hearing the show. Again, it's being released on Thursday. The opening night of the draft is Thursday night nonstop. Will you be into this all the way through? Will you watch some here and there? I mean, our work duties say we got to watch some of it, but are you a little bit of a draft junkie to be watching on Friday night and even Saturday, even though the family wants to go do something? You're like, I got to, I got to see what the teams are picking. What about for you? After we get past the third round, that's when I just follow up my phone. Up until the third round, I'll watch a lot of it. First round, you know, obviously you're watching the whole thing. Second round, uh, then as well, because those are the impact players. Those are the guys that you expect to start uh, and contribute right away. Even in, into the third round, you get to that point. But once you get to the fourth round or so, it's, I mean, maybe you get a surprise out of there every now and then. Russell Wilson is one. There's a few others yep. that you can name. But those are usually the project special teams type players. And, you know, I, I, I'll look for who fell. Like, man, this guy hasn't been drafted yet. Um, th- that's what I, that's what I'll look for once we get past the, the third round. But I was interesting when you were talking about the, the, the Alabama Crimson Tide, AJ McCarron, remember his last year, they won a national championship. I think he threw for like 1800 yards or something like that. It was something right. ridiculously small. Right. Maybe he got over 2000. Mac Jones threw for 4,500 yards. It is a different offense that these, this Crimson Tide run. And it's pretty understood. And he embraced about five. Yeah, no doubt. He, he understood and embraced about five years ago, Nick Saban, that if I don't start running the spread with four receivers and nope. play this type of offense, the best quarterbacks, the best receivers aren't going to come here anymore because they want right. to go where, where somebody's playing that offense. And so that's, that's to his credit that they have changed in a lot of ways, the way that they play. I know just one more real quick that you and I are big on Najee Harris, the running back, because we saw him a bunch. Maybe we're biased because we saw him a bunch. I'm curious to see where he goes because – Unfortunately, the running back has been devalued in the first round over the over the course of the last few years, by and large. But I'm curious to see where he goes. And you and I both believe he I can like he can he can. You say it better than me about about yeah. Najee. No, Harris. I really like Najee Harris. And Pittsburgh might be a play. They don't draft running backs in the first round. They probably need to do O line at this point. But Najee Harris is the type of player. If you see him in a Pittsburgh offense, which spreads out, throws the ball. They have you know Chase Claypool um, and and a, a bunch of other. Juju Smith-Schuster, yep. Juju Smith-Schuster, no, but there's another couple of young kids that are there as well. It's slipping my mind right now. But they can spread out. If they have a running back who's dynamic like Najee Harris, then Pittsburgh might be able to become that team that we saw with Le'Veon Bell in that type of position. So I think he will be a first-rounder, probably a late first-rounder, because we know that running backs have been uh, devalued. But I love his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. Right? He's a, he's a dynamic runner. He's shifty but not dangerously so, you know, I mean, dangerously so, meaning you're putting yourself in, in places to get hurt. He doesn't do that. Um, another running back who we saw a couple of times, uh, Javante Williams uh, from North Carolina. Actually, he was our first game that we saw. That kid is, I think he's going to, he has a chance to be special uh, because he's big. I mean, he's not, you know, 
200 pounds. He's 220 pounds, uh, 5'10", 5'11", but with breakaway type speed. So there's a couple of really good running backs at the top of this draft. And of course, we can't not mention Travis Etienne from uh, from Clemson, Clemson, who is dynamic as well. So I think there were those are three guys to look at that are going to be, I think, impactful immediately wherever they end up getting drafted. Well, and we should point out again, too, here that, oh, by the way, Derrick Henry broke every record at Alabama and in the SEC and won the Heisman Trophy, and everybody passed in the first round. And what a mistake, because look at what he looks like as an NFL player. So you bring up a good point, whether we're talking about Najee Harris this year or some of these other backs going in the second round, whether we're talking Tiki Barber back in 1997, who only ran for 10,000 yards in the NFL with the Giants, just because you don't have first round in front of your name doesn't mean that they were right and and you're not a worthy player in the NFL. And I know that's what you're saying. Yeah, exactly right. Um, here's a here's a funny story, TJ. So Jim Skipper was my running back coach when I first got to the New York Giants. And about halfway through my rookie season, he, we were sitting there watching the film one day, and he said, "Teak, you know, I cost you some money." I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Jim Fossil." absolutely loved you and wanted to draft you in the first round. Uh, but he also loved Ike Hilliard. And Jim Skipper, my running back coach, told Jim Fossil, my head coach, let's take Ike because I think Tiki might fall and still be available uh, in, the, in, in the second round because there wasn't a lot of teams that were picking running backs early. Uh, Warwick went in the first round. Um, I think there might have been, a, it was Hanspart. There was another running back that went late right. in the first round. Um, and, and I was still available because there's only like three teams that needed a running back, a, a top end running back. So Jim Skipper cost me from being the seventh overall pick to being the, the 36th pick. I was like, it's okay, Jim, and put a chip on my shoulder. <laughs> yeah, well, he didn't compensate you. Maybe he bought you a meal. I, I don't know. Or maybe he maybe he in the game plan made sure you got more carries the rest That's of right. that season or whatever uh, to make up for it. But yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of these stories about – Hey, I was trying to advocate for you. We didn't pick you here, but it still works out in the end if you end up with the player, and that's what the draft is all about. I love getting to break bread figuratively with Tiki Barber whenever I can. Follow him right here on social media, at Tiki Barber. If you're only hearing his T-I-K-I-B-A-R-B-E-R, Tiki Barber on social media. You also know him from the Tiki and Tierney show. There he is with Brandon Tierney. Uh, Catch them 3 to 6 Eastern Time, CBS Sports Radio, CBS Sports Network, television simulcast on the cable network. You see Tiki and Tierney chopping it up on everything nationally with a New York tinge. I again remind Tiki one more time that my Tampa Bay Rays, the defending American League champs, they own the New York Yankees right now. What is that, 18 and 5 in the last 23 meetings over the last three seasons? The Rays are rolling and your Yankees are struggling right now at the time that we're talking. It is a tough row, a road to hoe right now, and their skip might be in a little bit of trouble. This, you know, it really is the staff. The staff, just other than Garrett Cole, you just can't trust anyone. Corey Kluber, we took a shot on. He's 35 years old, and he looks shot. Um, and <laughs> Mashihiro Tanaka went back to Japan. Like, there is, there's CC retired. Like, there's, there's, there's just no. They have not no, called no, you yet to come try to pitch for the Yankees, but they may get to that at some point yeah, to come try to help I think the I might bombers. Try to like submarine it. You know, like Quisenberry. <laughs> Listen, I always love talking with you, especially in and around the draft. Continued success uh, with Brandon Tierney, BT, as you call him, Tiki and Tierney, weekday afternoons through CBS Sports Radio. Thank you, Tiki Barber, for hanging and talking draft with me on the Three Dog Thursday podcast and the YouTube Roundtable Show, sir. Anytime, any Thursday, you let me know, TJ, and hope to see you in the fall.
And indeed, Brian Edwards back in one more time. Senior handicapper, Vegas Insider, MajorWager.com. All right, all the talking, all the debate. It is Three Dog Thursday, and so it is the day of round one of the NFL draft. And depending on when they are hearing us, you may be hearing us after Thursday. You will already know what some of these picks are or aren't. Understand that we're in the preview mode, as I like to mention, here for Thursday, and the podcast gets released. But we're about to do this in Cleveland, Ohio, with the opening round of the NFL Draft. I'm going to ask you one more time, are we really going to see four straight quarterbacks taken here? I know you're a Falcons guy. The Falcons are in the four hole. You don't want the Falcons to take a quarterback. Might the Falcons trade that pick? Are we going to see four quarterbacks go and make a record here for the NFL Draft right at the top real quick? What's your guess? Nope, I'm supremely confident my Falcons are taking my guy, Kyle Pitts. I'm not going to have to burn my Falcons card. I'm not going to have to turn in my lifetime membership of Dirty Birdness because we're taking Pitts. In fact, I bet Pitts last week under five and a half, um, and now uh, he is. I, I bet a little more under four and a half at plus money, and then I looked yesterday, and now the under four and a half He's got a minus 210 price on it. So the odds makers are saying, and, and um, yeah, I don't listen to too many of those ESPN shows, but I feel like uh, the general consensus and mock drafts I've looked at, I think everybody's pretty convinced that the Falcons are going to go pits unless they just get blown away with a trade offer. Understood on that. By the way, I should make mention here because we've not yet that this this past week was the 28th anniversary of Bill Polian, or I'm sorry, not Bill Polian, uh, Bill Tobin, who was replaced by Bill Polian a few years later. Bill Tobin was the famous general manager for the Indianapolis Colts who made Mel Kuyper an icon forever with the famous comments after Kuyper was criticizing his draft pick of Trev Alberts, who the hell is Mel Kuyper? He doesn't have any more qualifications than my neighbor who's a postman who doesn't even have season tickets to the Colts. Well, we should make mention that Bill Tobin lasted only three seasons after those comments, largely based on bad drafts. The Colts ended up firing he and Lindy Infante three years later after having the worst record in the NFL. And 28 years and counting later, Brian Edwards, Mel Kuyper still doing the draft analysis on the ESPN draft. I think he's gotten over uh, all of that and gotten over on Bill Tobin uh, three decades later, four decades later, after all of that happened back in the 94 draft. And I'll kick some extra dirt at Tobin because not only was Trev Alberts a horrible uh, NFL player, he was also the worst analyst for ESPN for entirely too long. And I don't know where he's gone, but ESPN finally got rid of him and I celebrated. That was a way long time ago. How about that? All right, so there's Mel Kuyper. Kudos uh, to him. Uh, let me throw one little fun scenario. A couple more minutes with Brian Edwards here. Let's say Cincinnati, sitting there at five, gets a sudden ambition that we really want Kyle Pitt. So they may swap with Atlanta. Could they knock the Jets' socks off and go jump in front of uh, San Francisco, who they know is trying to take a quarterback and not Kyle Pitts because they've already got George Kittle? Could you see a scenario? I don't think the Bengals are going to be aggressive. I mean, my Lord, if the Bengals do the smart thing, it's almost an accident for them. But I could see a scenario where they entertain trying to trade to number two maybe to get Pitts because they don't need the quarterback before somebody else can take him. How concerned would you be as a guy that slants to the Falcons that somebody's going to jump in front of Atlanta, maybe with the Jets, knowing full well that the Jets could still get a quarterback later on? Do you think that's realistic at all, Brian Edwards? What's your opinion? 
I had that concern a few weeks ago. I had the concern that, you know, because San Fran has Jimmy G, that maybe they're just sending out these smoke screens and the, who they really want at number three is Kyle Pitts. I had that concern a few weeks ago, but it, it seems the Jets are completely sold on going with Wilson, and it seems the Niners are, are, are maybe still evaluating, but, you know, it, it's going to be Mac Jones or, or Fields, I think. And, uh, so that's yeah. what I think is going to happen. I'm not. I'm not so concerned with that, and I don't think the Bengals can go wrong. I mean, if they go Jamar Chase, I think that'll be great. If they go Penay Sewell, you got to be able to protect uh, Burrow. Their O line's awful, and but yet Burrow has got a good connection with Chase. They they threw a lot of great perfect deep balls together two years ago. I don't think the Bengals can go wrong. And then if Pitts falls to them, uh, that would be wonderful for them as well. So I don't. I don't think they can mess this up. All right, let's go over a couple of more things. I know Tiki Barber was just talking about here on Three Dog Thursday on the video roundtable, Devontae Smith and salivating could he last until the New York Giants pick at 11. I know you don't believe that will be the case. In fact, you have put your money down that you don't believe the Alabama Heisman Trophy winning receiver will be there for the Giants at 11. Real quick, right? Yeah, I took uh, Devontae Smith under 11 and a half. But, I mean, so 11 works okay uh, for me. But I hope he won't be there at 11. But if he is, I hope the Giants uh, take him. And I think I mentioned last week also took Najee Harris under. Uh, I don't think there's any way he lasts past Pittsburgh at 24. And I'll take it a step further. And this is not a knock on Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to be terrific. But I think he's going to a garbage franchise with a head coach is going to be an epic fail in the first couple of years. And so I'm going to say the three guys most likely to be Hall of Famers in this class are Kyle Pitts, Najee Harris, and Devontae Smith. And I think that not many people would agree with that assessment. And I love that because I want to be right. And I want to be on an island and be the only one I love it. I I, I don't know that Najee Harris will be a Hall of Famer. Let's see if he's the first running back taken. I love Devontae Smith and all the questioning everywhere about his size. I know Jason Cole was on this podcast last week talking about, hey, I just can't I can't wrap my brain around a 170-pound receiver. But, I mean, there have been smaller receivers. Marvin Harrison's in the Hall of Fame as a smaller receiver. Isaac Bruce in the modern era here, contemporary, has is in the Hall of Fame, smaller receiver out of my Memphis football program. And Devontae Smith is electric. Saw him in person three times. I love that. And I don't think he lasts past the Dolphins real quick, Brian, at number six. I think to reunite him with Tua, you're talking about Burrow reuniting with Chase. To reunite him with Tua, I think – I think that's the natural there for Miami at six, or they entertain some offers for somebody that wants Devontae Smith. Yeah, you know, Miami could trade down, and then, you know, maybe Waddle is there because, you know, I won't be shocked if if Waddle – well, no, Devontae Smith is going to be the best wide receiver in this draft, I think. But I think Chase and Waddle will be great as well. All right, we'll see what happens on all of that. We're amped up to watch it all unfold. Brian, one more time, whether it's NBA picks related right now, the draft information that you have and the wagers that you have going into Thursday, and even for the second and the third round on Friday night of the NFL draft and the NBA picks for the weekend, give them the plug on where they find all your information. Go. On Twitter, at VegasBEdwards is my handle. You can also find my content on MajorWager.com, and I also tweet from uh, Major Wager's Twitter account, at MajorWager. Uh, Uno and all my picks are at VegasInsider.com, documented records, etc. I'm number three out of 33 guys uh, in NBA uh, winning percentage and money uh, going into Wednesday night. Thanks for having me, as always. TJ, enjoyed it, my man. 
Always love having Brian Edwards here on the program. And again, keep an eye. The Friday night game with the Hawks and the Sixers that we were talking about after Three Dog Thursday here. And also that Phoenix-Utah game is Friday. Brian will be all over those. And then there's a couple of intriguing Saturday games that he might be uh, interested in as as well, uh, including the Atlanta Hawks back in action with the Chicago Bulls at home, depending on what they do. The Jazz are playing a back-to-back with the Toronto Raptors that night. Again, all the NBA picks, etc., Find him, VegasInsiderMajorWager.com. Brian, thank you. Thanks also to Tiki Barber, the Tiki and Tierney Show, weekday afternoons from New York. They're breaking down the draft in advance of it. And then after the picks are made as well, 3 to 6 Eastern Time, CBS Sports Radio, CBS Sports Network TV. Love Tiki's analysis. Love working with him on Compass Media Network's National College Football radio coverage as we did last year. Let's see what happens in the draft. Are we going to see four straight quarterbacks? Right away, one, two, three, four. It looks like it. We're ready to have all of that analysis. We're ready to come back and talk about all of it in the aftermath coming next week uh, here on Three Dog Thursday. For now, we're done. Subscribe to the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Thanks for being with me on Three Dog Thursday. Bye.